Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the only podcast that breaks down hard-hitting dialogue such as, you were expecting maybe Theo Kojak? Here to break down that line and so much more is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I I will not be breaking down that <laughs> line, Theo Kojak. No idea who that is. Um, he's a, he's a private know. private detective in the seventies. <laughs> Still in the seventies, so the, the all the references just, are just barely. We're we're gonna move through the seventies seventy nine very rapidly tonight, aren't we? Yeah, just you know, full disclosure. I'm like nine years old when these things come out, so I can understand these references because they're going to reference them for a couple of years. You're like still not born, right? So, yeah, that is correct. Okay, so well, we're, you're so close to the '80s. I think we're a few episodes, but hardly you know, two episodes from now. We'll be in 1980, and then maybe you'll start to understand stuff. But let me just—I'd love for that to be true, but these are Marvel team-ups, so we're, we're, they're not going to. You get the James B. summary. From October of 1979, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 86 featuring Spider-Man and the Guardians of the Galaxy in Story of the Year by Claremont and McLeod. Eddie, Spider-Man is scoping out the DRC building of late villain Moses Magnum. Uh, he is a villain we've seen in these issues. Yes. A reporter is also inside doing the same. The reporter records footage of a dry dock space station which is like, haha, I'm going to record this cool thing, but then accidentally records one of the Guardians of the Galaxy named Martinex or Martinex on his film. The guards in the building are trying to destroy the cameraman's dry dock footage. Spider Man wants to help the reporter leak this information, but the Guardians, they don't want the Martinex footage to be known. So Spider Man and the Guardians, yes, Eddie, come to blows. Uh. After the prerequisite hero fight, the heroes decide to work together. They stop the guards, and they still end up destroying the film. Uh, the noble moment was on page 16 when explaining their temporary Avengers. Uh, this guy, Martinex, shows an Avengers card like you would show your driver's license. Oh, that is a great moment, James B. I, I was super excited to meet the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, in this age, I know them from their movies, but... This was a very confusing introduction, and I i got to say, I couldn't follow this book particularly well. Well, did my explanation help you a little bit? It did. <laughs> I, I, I can't understand why it was so important they weren't on this video, I guess. That would, they're, they're, they seem to be cosmic warriors. Why are they worried about things on Earth? Uh, mm. I don't know. Well, they don't want everyone to know they're around because they're aliens I got all right well what about these two weird villains hammer and anvil <laughs> they, yeah. they got like a tentacle thing that connects them that makes them really strong oh, i don't know yeah strange that, i had a bigger problem with that i mean by the way the guardians of the galaxy they're none of the characters or ones any of us know and i've never heard of any of these people ever i don't so. know oh good two yeah. of us then yeah i they, yeah they're not the ones that no peter quill running around here well, so. maybe maybe we'll get some more notable characters in the next book, James B. You want to do the intro for this one? Yeah, from November of 1979, Stan Lee presents Marvel Team Up 87 featuring Spider-Man and the Black Panther in The Razor's Edge by Grant, Colin, and Springer. All right, so Thomas Agar and his company Agar Oris has swindled more than $500 million. 
from Wakanda, uh-oh, in a tungsten ore deal. Uh, allegedly, the ore that Agar delivered was of a much lower grade than Wakanda had purchased. Anyway, the Black Panther shows up yelling, I am the Black Panther! And then he kidnaps Agar in front of Peter Parker, who's taking photos. Uh, the reader is led on that it wasn't really the Black Panther yelling, I'm the Black Panther and kidnapping a person. But Spider-Man is not led on. So he goes to find the Black Panther and the prerequisite hero battle takes place. Boy, Eddie, we really should come up with some kind of music for that, but we would just burn through it every single time. Holy cow. Overused. Oh. It would be vastly overused. Yeah. Uh, once they resolve it, another hero named like Hellraiser shows up and he calls out the Black Panther for his crimes, but ultimately it's revealed that he was involved in the scheme and he gets defeated. The book ends by implying that Roxxon Corporation is actually the big bad pulling the strings. Uh, notable moment, Spider-Man says to Black Panther, shouldn't we call the law? And the Panther says, I am the law here. I liked when Hellraiser's walking up to the building and he's like, uh, maybe the State Department wants to mollycoddle foreign terrorists. What a great word, Hellraiser. And the strut he's depicted doing is quite fantastic, too. Um, sure. I thought this book was a little confusing, actually. I, I liked that Hellraiser impersonates Black Panther to confuse everyone. That That's great. And, of course, they give us the big clue that Black Panther's weapon at the beginning is Hellraiser's weapon. So uh, we know it's not Black Panther. Okay. Um, what kind of weapon? A good, is... good little plot twist for a Marvel you, team up. Do you remember the weapon there? He, like, shoots out. Uh, he refers to him like razor blades or something out of his wrists because spider-man like jams it up and then he's like oh i can't fight you without my razor blade things i just remember the book ends with black panther saying to the guy like write me a check for 500 million dollars and the guy just like looks at him i'm like does that mean he's doing it or not doing it like did he what it's a little weird so you want to do another intro yeah from December of 1979, Stan Lee presents Marvel Team-Up 88, Spider-Man and Invisible Girl in A Child is Waiting by Claremont, Ushima, and Bartello. Peter is taking, I guess, socialite pictures for the Daily Globe. That's where he works now. <laughs> when Sue Storm races out after hearing her son has been kidnapped, Spider-Man follows as the Invisible Girl robs a gang to pay off the ransom. <laughs> At this point, Spider-Man gets involved. No, uh, no hero fight here, though. Uh, Sue pays off the kidnappers, and the heroes stealthily follow. They find the villains and the money and Franklin, and then they bust up everyone with fists a-flying and bullets a-flying. And then Jean DeWolf comes in with her super cops, which he has now, apparently. And she calls Spider-Man like, hey, webs. And then uh, Sue kisses Spidey on the cheek, and uh, everything is all set. Everything's well. There you go. Uh, notable, uh, Alicia Masters is rarely penalized for being a blind character in Marvel Comics, but her blindness does seem to make her a poor guardian <laughs> for babysitting Franklin in this issue. I totally missed that one, James. Thank you for pointing it out. I, I was like, how does this kid get kidnapped like that under the watch of someone? Well, I, I, more notable for me is, okay, she, 
you know, Invisible Girl goes to rob a gang for money. <laughs> but when she's walking in, her dress does not turn invisible. And right. uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. This seems to imply that she takes it off and throws it at him and is fighting naked. Well, at least the dress part was definitely not. I mean, maybe underneath there she. So, had... so okay, okay. But she's. I see her two panels before walking into the building with the dress on. This is a a sleeveless dress, right? There is no costume underneath this dress. You know, the full arm length costume. And then two panels later, she's walking up the stairs invisible, and the dress is not invisible. Well, okay. Since we're doing this hard-hitting analysis of this book, this is the one with the Kojak line in it, too, by the way. <laughs> but let's talk about the fact, yes, Eddie, you, well, she I, could be fighting naked. I understand. I mean, I, I think this... She I could be wearing is, undergarments, Eddie, is what I'm saying, that could well, be, I'm, like, they could transfer with her that we don't see. Uh, I should. I would assume that she is. But, like, this. Is, I feel like the Mary Jane in the bathtub... You know, panel we saw not too long ago. These books are pushing like the scandalous boundaries for the female characters in several regards. And like, you know, this depiction of her fighting invisible after throwing her dress off. Uh, you know, I, this this could be interpreted by the young the young men reading these books. <laughs> do you want to do uh, want to do another Marvel team up? Ah, let's do it. From January of 1980, Stan Lee presents Marvel Team-Up 89 featuring Spider-Man and Nightcrawler in Shootout Over Center Ring by Claremont, Nasser, Buckler, and Rubenstein. Nightcrawler meets his longtime girlfriend, Amanda, at the airport. After some kissing, he is impressed by the Rolls-Royce that he is driving and curious about an airplane he thinks belongs to the excellent villain Arcade, so, of course, he just sneaks on board. Eddie, I was excited when I realized we might get Arcade here. How about you? Bring it on. I I love Arcade. And, you know, I was just in an Arcade two days ago. They got this great Arcade in my hometown of Ypsilanti, Michigan. Uh, I would have constructed this Arcade. It has Simpson side-scrollers. It has 10 pinball machines. It's hard for me to stay away from this. So everything about the word Arcade is exciting. Excellent. Well, what's not exciting is that they give us a lot more of this dude named Amos Jardine. He's talking to Arcade that he wants to kill Spider-Man, and Arcade's discussing that, you know, he wants to kill Spider-Man. I'm sure this is tied to the previous time we've seen Arcade, but maybe not. I don't even remember who Amos Jardine is. But Nightcrawler heads to a circus to prevent this assassination that he sort of overhears about. Um, at the circus, someone is dressed up as Spider-Man at the circus, and Peter Parker is there taking pictures. So Peter then says, I'm going to change into Spider-Man, and at the same time, Nightcrawler is going up to save the fake Spider-Man, but then the real Spider-Man shows up to save Nightcrawler. And I read that section twice just to follow that, and it's hard because they don't show the fake Spider-Man, which makes it trickier. Uh, Cutthroat, who is the assassin who is hired by... Amos Jardine fails to kill anyone and just has the circus running around in a panic as he's shooting off his bullets. In the end, Amos Jardine and Cutthroat are both stopped and Eddie, there's just not enough arcade in the story, but the notable oh. moment is that Amos Jardine does threaten uh, Miss Locke, which is Arcade's associate on like page three, and she takes a whole page and just beats the crap out of him. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, she really beats him up. Uh, it's too bad Arcade didn't show up. Very disappointing. I agree. I'd love a good Nightcrawler fight, though. His teleportation abilities are some of my favorite to, like, involve in a fight. I like how it strains him, too. But who's left at the end of this book to clean up? Spider-Man. When he asks Nightcrawler for help, Nightcrawler says, Nope. I've had enough excitement for one night. All I want now is some TLC. <laughs> I, I don't even know exactly what there is to clean up after a fight. And why? Why does Spider-Man have to do it? I don't know, but it is it is a good but da boop ching <laughs> to end the book. Uh Eddie, you know, I sometimes claim that I'm this big Scarlet Witch fan, but then I'm blindsided by things about her I just never read about in my day. But you, you're kind of a Nightcrawler-ish guy a little bit. Yeah, I like Nightcrawler. Do you know about Amanda? I do not know. Yeah, that's, that is his that is his girlfriend at this time. Like, I've never known him to have, like, like a different girlfriend. I mean, it doesn't mean he's with Amanda forever, but the, the run of 100 books or whatever I was reading, this is his girlfriend. She's just huh. a girl who flies around. Like, she's an airline, you know, whatever, stewardess. So, and so I was like, oh, look, they're using his actual girlfriend and... The X Men are still kind of a newish book at this time. They're you know they're not a lot going on with them. So, but apparently they set up a backstory that this Amos Jardine is the reason that Nightcrawler ended up in a freak show as opposed to <laughs> yeah. you know because he was a trapeze artist. So they have some kind of history. Here's my question for you: Do you like this? Do you believe it? Or do you agree with me that this is just a forced thing jammed in there? Ah, uh, it feels super forced. I mean. Nightcrawler's working for the circus, and then Amos Jardine buys it and forces him into the freak show, you know, exhibit. It doesn't even make sense. He's He would be so much more entertaining to watch as an acrobat, no matter how freaky looking he was. Uh, I don't know. Well, he got his revenge on that guy, who happened to also be hiring an assassin to shoot Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, well. Eddie, there's an annual... For Marvel Team-Up, a second one. Oh, just what we've all been waiting for. <laughs> wow. An annual for Marvel Team-Up. And somebody bought it. It was from September of 1979. Stanley presents Marvel Team-Up Annual 2 featuring Spider-Man and the Hulk, sort of, in Murder <laughs> in Cathedral Canon by Chris Claremont, Sal Buscema, and Alan Kupperberg. Let it be noted that Certain pages are illustrated by Busema and certain are illustrated by Kupperberg. I thought this was weird annotation. Um, well, Peter is romantically smooching a sissy on the night of the 4th of July when the, crimson, when the Crimson Dynamo crashes through a nearby building. Darkstar shows up, followed not long after by Vanguard. The Russian super baddies knock out the unnaturally strong Peter and kidnap Sissy along with her professorial father. Daniel Ironwood. Eventually, Spidey awakens and heads to the Baxter building, where, with the help of Reed Richards, deciphers a sheet of advanced calculations that shows that Sissy's dad has theorized a world-destroying antimatter bomb. <laughs> we talked about this, but Eddie, who is Sissy Ironwood? <laughs> James B., I, I'm so glad you, you... I hope this is not a rhetorical question. I'm supposed to answer it properly, because... <laughs> She showed up at a certain point, and I was like, am I supposed to know who this is? Because I don't. 
So I'm guessing that the, you know, we're writing three books, Marvel team up, spectacular in this one. And they're like, who's he dating? Like, well, not MJ. Like, well, he needs to be dating someone. They're like, yeah, sissy Ironwood. (laughs) And then when you have a brand new character, I mean, she's, she was mentioned in a previous Marvel team up, I think. But if you have a brand new character, you could give her a dad with a backstory, I guess. Right. We haven't used up that guy yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. We'll continue. She, she appears in no amazings or spectaculars. No. And I and okay. and if Phew. she was in what? Well, if she is, she could be in spectacular. That's your. You've been kind of the pioneer of those books, so I wouldn't no. be surprised if they had a whole thing on her and you just <laughs> blew past it. You know, I have a tendency to uh, yeah do that. That's true. Smoochy, smoochy. Well, across the country in Montana, Bruce Banner is working as a waiter when a former Russian spy, Alexei Avanzin, convinces him that he needs his help stopping a deranged Russian general possessing the earlier mentioned world-destroying antimatter bomb. We then see Spidey parachuting out of a Fantastic Four plane into the Montana wilderness. He is there to also help stop crazy general cats off but crimson dynamo dark star and vanguard attack bruce voluntarily transforms into the hulk and the battle is so intense that the mountain sides are crumbling around them still battling the heroes make it inside of the hidden underground base where cats off is able to activate the antimatter bomb thankfully spidey tricks hulk into stopping the bomb and then punching the bomb into space where it safely explodes. (laughs) Sissy's professorial father, who had been shot earlier, martyrs himself by taking the deadly information of how to create the bomb to his grave. This is an epic book involving many different characters. It seems much more than even a normal annual would be. It has five chapters. Yeah, and Spider-Man and the Hulk, I think think appear at like the last two pages together right i didn't even think about that james b you are correct i think for i think for three chapters they're not even like in the same state or something but then in chapter four i think peter runs into or spider-man helps um bruce banner I think he picks him up and swings uh, off with well, him. Well, yeah. The Hulk is fighting Vanguard, and Spidey picks up Darkstar in the middle of this fight. But then, yeah, he finally gets to Bruce Banner after the mountain collapses on him. Right, but they're still like, he hasn't still seen the Hulk yet. Right, technically not the Hulk there. Yeah, it takes a long, for 34 pages, it takes a long time. I mean, they almost, maybe they were going to get another writer to draw that one. They're like, oh, Kuppenberg, we'll replace this guy at the end. and. <laughs> He, the guy was like 20 pages in. He was on page 30, and they're like, you want me to keep drawing the Hulk? And like, oh, hold on. Hold off with a few more pages. Maybe we get another writer coming in, another artist. So, But anyway, um, what else is what else I, with this book? It's I, a big book. I'm glad, I'm glad Peter is back to being obviously smart. He's like got a bump on his head, and the police are in the professor's office, and he just looks on the table and picks up a quantum physics problem, and looking at it in really a glance he recognizes the professor has created this incredible antimatter bomb which maybe maybe wouldn't seem plausible but it's peter parker i he is super smart and i like him getting back into his science eddie who's general katzoff again 
he's some loose cannon general that Alexei Van Zing is knows has the antimatter bomb in a mountain in Montana. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Super easy. I, I want to know why Bruce Banner is waiting tables in a bar full of fighting men. <laughs> it's, could there could there be a worse job for Bruce Banner? Because he doesn't have a good background check. So he has to take these types of jobs. And yes, you're right. There's a, it's a tough spot. Okay. Not only is he super smart too, he, he could go work in some marginal lab somewhere, but how, this is a terrible place for him to transform into the Hulk every night. That, that's part of the backs. The narrator tells us how horrible it is with people fighting everywhere in this town right now because mm. of the nearby oil facility. So yeah well bad one thing that's good is our sponsor yeah i can't wait james b well eddie i know that you love toys and the tinkerer (laughs) has gathered three marvel team-up villains i mean they're experts sorry i keep saying that to help design the newest line of marvel team-up action figures monster creator baron ludwig von schupp the mad thinker the puppet master have lent their expertise to create the toys kids want to play with and collectors want to collect. This 10th set has three figures from this classic run with the famous heroes and villains from these issues, including the annual Eddie. Great. That uh, looks like we've got two heroes and a villain. Uh, from Marvel Team Up 87, it's Thomas Agar. Do you remember which guy that is? He swindles the Wakandans. Oh, oh, yeah. So you can have yeah, him. Uh, yeah, he's. Yeah. You can have no, him I, swindling the tungsten ore from. Hey, you gotta give us the right products. He could be swindling my other toys that I, of course, remember that I've gotten. <laughs> uh, speaking of people that you remember really well, from Marvel Team Up '88, it's Amanda, Nightcrawler's girlfriend. Oh, I mean, I, well, you know, the bonus on that one is she's kind of a generic blonde, right? So I could pretend she's like Invisible Girl. Eddie. Or somebody else? No? I think we all know that <laughs> Invisible Girl is somewhere coming up in the Marvel Team Up line at some point. You don't have to worry. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's coming up when we do cover issue 100, but... But for our annual, uh, annual two, wow, this is, I can't believe, yeah. They, they, how about Crimson Guardian? I, I'd love. He seems like a great. Oh, you are, you are right on the. I, you almost got that one. It's, uh, it's Daniel Ironwood, martyr father. (laughs) So, takes a bullet and takes a secret. You can pretend that he doesn't take the bullet, and he explains how to make more bombs. Do I do I get him in his normal form, or do I get him in his dying form, like collapsed on the ground? Actually, I think because it looks like here you do get the dying form, which I think is the, <laughs> I think it's the more collectible version. I mean, that's right. I mean, they well, say things get more valuable when people die. I guarantee it's going to be a low run production for that tour. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta admit, even I'm not as excited about this tenth set as I am with some of the other ones. But uh, you know, it is what it is. I think it's because there's only three figures, and I, I do like when they have a fourth figure. <laughs> you know, we had. I, mean, we I, had I, I I almost forgot we have this extended toy sponsor, James B. I'm, 
how can you forget? Because didn't just you so get... glad. Eventually, we'll get a Spider-Man, right? Well, I know we you got have one, one Spider-Man. They, we, we have that we was an exclusive Spider-Man. Eddie figure they had just made for you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have, I'm gonna go crochet a costume for him. You gonna make something for your unnamed tarot card grandma too from the last <laughs> collection? So, Eddie, where can people find us? You can email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. And now it's time for the close. I'm James B. Joined by... Eddie. And remember, listeners... If you have a blind person watching your child and he gets kidnapped, be sure you can turn invisible and go rob a gang to get money to pay for his ransom. Goodbye. Goodbye. James P. Joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, if you decide to make a Invisible Girl toy, don't let Eddie play with it because <laughs> he says she's naked. Goodbye. No, we're not going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> we need to clean that up. That's a terrible clip. <laughs>